Thank you for joining me. This is episode 64. Are you stuck in your niche? For the last three weeks, I've been running my mastermind for some of the members that are in my esthetician business community, and we are focusing on our client appreciation. We do a lot of planning to uh, celebrate our clients, but really to publicly appreciate them. I do find when I have these types of masterminds, you come across uh, some estheticians who are very just kind of, they're very specific in what they want to do in their business. But I think sometimes they forget that we are still estheticians. We still understand skin as an organ. We understand functions of the skin. Even if someone comes to us for a skincare consultation, we only wax or we only do skincare and someone has a hair removal question, we kind of get so stuck in those niches that we kind of forget, oh yeah, we still have this education that we have and we're still constantly learning. And yes, I can answer that question, even though my specialty is this. I say that to say, when you niche into what your specialty is and you have someone that comes across your business and they're coming into the business because they feel they're safe enough to ask you or ask for consultation or guidance on a situation that they need help with, I think sometimes we turn away potential business because we think, oh, I don't specialize in that. So we don't understand we can really answer the question. I'll give you a really great example. I have always told everyone I love my one facial that I gave when I was still in treatment room and I still did waxing as my primary business, but I still gave an amazing facial, right? So I kept those really two um, things but even as a waxer, I still would do shaving consultations. I would talk to people about different hair modalities, whether it was sugaring or laser, or whether they were trying to use Nair and they were having problems. If they were getting threaded and they may have had some just negative responses, I still was able to talk to them about other modalities, even though all I did was wax and I had my one amazing facial. I find a lot of estheticians who come across my content, they're amazed that I'm still able to have conversations about a multiple things in our industry because it still fascinates me. I still am learning. I'm still wanting to understand, learn, become better or share knowledge that I have, even though it's not what I specialize in to earn income in my business. The reason I did a lot of shaving consultations was because I opened up that one space, especially for men, because I always found that men and shaving was just, it was always very difficult to get, especially men that had razor bumps and ingrowns to understand that sometimes you're inflicting those ingrowns. It could be how many blades you use. It could be the medium you're using. Most of them either use water or soap. And I would have those conversations with them and eventually they would refer and I was doing consultations for shaving. I knew they weren't coming to get waxed with me, but I still didn't turn away that opportunity, right? They may have a partner they want to refer, a friend, a coworker. Like I always kept that opportunity going because the results that I was helping men, especially who shave get, they never forget that. Even to this day, I've gone back to California and someone that I did a consult for was at the church and they still talk about that because I helped them understand they're not getting razor bumps anymore. They weren't getting ingrowns anymore. They weren't picking those ingrowns. Like I really was very thorough in discussing the wrongs of that type of hair removal modality. 
what I find, especially when estheticians seem to get into a bind or they're getting burned out or they're getting bored, is that just because you're niching does not mean that you still cannot learn about other things that that doesn't take away from the learning aspect, right? I still very much am fascinated by skin, ingredients, products, um, different methods, modalities, machines, techniques. I'm still very interested in those things, even though in my everyday life, I'm in the hair removal space. I'm in, in the wax space, right? I dabble a lot into the eczema prone skin space and that fascinates me as well but I haven't done a true facial in years, but my hands feel still fresh. I can still get a great epilogue and petrissage. I can still do all of those things, but I still have the want to continue to learn about it. That learning um, desire has not changed. I, I actually think I have more of a desire to learn than I did when I was in beauty school, when I got my license, even when I got my first job. I think now, 20 years later, I'm more intrigued because now I'm learning what I want to, not things because I feel like I have to. I'm not doing a product knowledge class because I have a job and there's a brand that I need to understand. No, I'm doing all of this by volunteer. And I think that it comes with a different perspective and I'm not learning because I feel I need to learn something in order for me to earn income. And I think the earning income part is what kind of messes up the desire a little bit because if you're not really earning what you want and you're trying to find something new, a new modality, new machine, new manipulation, new product line, new possible technique, we focus so hard on that, trying to master it. And then once we get what we think we want, we don't really want it anymore or it doesn't serve us. And um, a lot of estheticians, when they catch me in my business, I try to talk to them. I try to have conversations, especially if I, I have some moments in time. And um, I try to really come from a place of understanding and helping people understand I did not build all of this overnight. You know, I came into aesthetics because I had acne. I am still a acne prone skin client. 20 years later, I have a lot more control over it now. Um, my hormones are starting to, you know, peter out, still have PCOS. So still have a lot of influx of, of wild hormones, not as bad as they were. But I understand what it's like to feel like you're forced to do something or you're forced to do these things in order to earn income. And there's no space to kind of be creative. There's no space to want to learn something new for just the desire of wanting to learn because we're so driven and making sure we keep that dollar turning over, right? So when estheticians come into the storefront and I and I have basic conversations, I really try to share, please don't look at any of this. You know, I did not have this 20 years ago. It took me a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get here. I'm thankful and grateful that I have this, right? But I did not start this way. I started very much like you. I was at beauty school, did as much as I could. I did it at night, working full time. I quit a very great job to take very little money 
start my aesthetic career. And I scratched and saved and cried and pulled and tugged and got where I wanted to be here. I didn't think I would be here. This is not how I thought my career would be 20 years later, but I didn't start with this. So I definitely understand when you make, you know, bad decisions, when you have something that you just put your soul into thinking is going to work and it doesn't work. Um, niching is not something that comes easy. It has to come with passion, has to come with thought, has to come with a desire to really master what you're doing. And when I talk about niche, whether it's in a masterclass, whether it's in a just informal conversation or I'm presenting somewhere, I always say niche because the niche and the combination of you is something that can't be emulated. When I started perfecting the seven minute Brazilian technique, it was not with the intention to share it. It was so I didn't have to be down there that long. I happened to record it, put it on a DVD. The DVD went all over the place. People started requesting it in schools. And it wasn't, I never created that technique with the intention of sharing it the way I did. I really just didn't want to be there, right? When I started creating waxes, I just never found any low temp waxes. Like I want a low temp soft and hard. And I got to love this hard wax. That means I got to do it the way I like it because I'm not a hard waxer. I'm a soft waxer. Those aren't, those were never created with the intention of where they are now. It was a filling a void in a, in a need in myself. If I have these perfect tools, what could I do with them in my treatment room? That's really kind of how it started. So finding my niche kind of fell into my lap. It wasn't really something I was looking for. You know, I always loved a good facial. So just perfecting a facial was just fun for me. Seeing me charge, you know, what I wanted to and, and, and getting it was just absolutely fun for me. So even now when I have estheticians come and they're still struggling to charge what they know they're supposed to charge, I'm very clear and direct. It's not them, it's you. When clients come to the business, they expect to spend with you. You shorting yourself is, is you shorting yourself. It's not them. They know they're going to pay. You just don't want to ask for it. That's it. And they're, oh, don't say it like that. I have to because no one said that to me. I never had the opportunity to get told that way. I feel earlier in my career, probably in the year two, three, or four, if I had someone like myself tell me, you're not getting what you want because you're not asking for it, and they're coming here to spend, it would have changed my mindset. It really would have. I would not have hesitated. I would have um, asked for what I want with a lot more confidence. It wouldn't have been like, oh, you know, this is what, this is, this is the price. No, this is my price. This is it. And so when I try, I try to instill that when I have conversations with people that come into our, our esthetician storefront, because I want them to walk away with understanding. You can ask for what you want. You'll do great if you niche, but that niche has to come organically. 
It can't be you emulating this esthetician who's doing really well in the next studio or across the street, or you see them on TikTok or on Instagram. You have to really figure out what it is that you want to do. And there's no time frame to it. And the more pressure you put onto it, the more it's just kind of erratic. And be okay with making mistakes. I think making mistakes is the biggest thing that I need to accept. And then when you read how many successful people, not only in our industry, but in the world have made so many mistakes, then it becomes like, wait a minute, what? They made that many mistakes? And then they got here? It just gives you a little bit of perspective to breathe a little bit better, take some pressure off of yourself, get a little bit of reality, understand that you're not alone in feeling or the experiences that you have, and then really understanding that niches can help, but it has to be organic and it has to be something that you're passionate to do. You have to want to do it. I never would forget when people would say, do you really, you really wanted to, you you want to wax pubic hair? Yeah, doesn't bother me. Still to this day, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it really doesn't bother me. I've waxed so many people. It's like, oh, whatever. But people are just like, wow, I didn't know, you know, people would aspire to that. I said, I think it goes beyond the aspiring to do it. For me, it was a challenge of the technique. It was the challenge of just completing it and making sure I'm not causing someone to have discomfort for a long period of time. That was what it was for me. And the challenge of creating my waxes, I wanted to have a beautiful, beautiful experience with wax where there was no heat involved and it was low temp and it really was effective at removing the hair. Like that was my, that was really what it was. It wasn't really anything beyond that. But I think people, estheticians, they struggle with the niche space because they think it's like forever. Like if, if this is where your niche is going to be, it's forever. It can evolve. You know, my niching of being able to wax and create this wax and still have my facial, still see clients, still train other estheticians, still travel and train estheticians, took me out of the treatment room, moved to another state, train on a bigger level you know, bigger responsibility, bigger facility, all of these other things, still at the core, it's still about what I've always liked to do, wax. So I would encourage you, especially if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you've put a lot of pressure on yourself to find a niche. Um, I, sh I We should stop saying, you know, you should find your niche. You should be open to understanding that the niche is something you create. No one can tell you, oh, you're going to niche into that. Mm -mm. It has to be something you like. I think we missed that part. Your niche is something you like doing and it, you, you got to be able to do it every day. That doesn't mean you're not going to, you may not burn out, but you got to like it enough to know you can do it every day over and over again. And it won't bother you. It won't seem monotonous or boring. You'll challenge yourself. You'll you'll get excited when you know that that's what your day is going to be. That's that's your niche. Then you perfect it. You master. You add your own kind of signature to it. And I like being able to 
talk about it because I'm still in my niche. I'm just expanding in that. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And it the niche really was not born out of the desperation of me making sure that I had to get a certain amount. Because my first Brazilians were free. I had to give people free stuff. Um, my facial never was, but Brazilians, yeah, it had to be free. So I couldn't jump into there saying, oh, I'm going to make all this money. I mean, it was, it's nice to think about, but eh, you got to be great. You got to, you got to perfect. You got to trial and error. And people don't want to pay for errors. You mess up. People don't want to come out the pocket. That's why I did, you know, free Brazilian Fridays once a month to pack my day to practice. I couldn't practice on my paying clients. So I was okay with that, but I enjoyed it. I liked that challenge. It was fun. Couldn't do that now though. Ooh, 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 ooh. Probably bring all kind of crazy. And I had crazies, but it'd be even more crazy. So I wouldn't advise anybody to do that now. That's definitely a time piece for, you know, 15 plus years ago. No, I did that before Celine was born. So good Lord, 18 years ago. Yeah, that we can't do that now. That Craigslist won't let no no. But I enjoyed the fact that I was able to do that. So if you're in a place of confusion, I know I want to niche, but I don't know what it is. It's okay. No one said you have to find your niche today. You got to be open, you got to think about those things. And you know, the one thing I love when, especially when beauty schools, they come to my location and we're teaching and we're showing them about say Brazil and the waxes and they're playing it and all this stuff. I tell them, I tell every class that comes in, you will not know whether or not you enjoy being an esthetician until you get your first job. You have to see if you like talking to people. Do you like turning your room over? Do you like upselling? Do you like following up? with the clients? Do you like calling them when they haven't seen, you haven't seen them in a few months? You don't know what you don't know. So if you think you're an esthetician in school because you have clients, quote unquote, that, you know, make appointments with you and, uh, you know, they like it and they give you a tip and they do all these things. And that's how it's going to be in the real world. I tell them very clear. It is a very, skewed environment in your beauty school. Those clients are loyal to that school and that price, not you. There's a new class that starts every month. They're probably getting a different esthetician every month. They're not a sign that you are amazing. Then I love the ones that say, well, I lash. And the reason I became an esthetician was because I already had, you know, lash clients. And I love to look at them and just say, okay. But once you get your license and you become an esthetician, the game changes. Your responsibility changes, your liability changes. So you can come in here with your six, seven months of school and try to compare to my 20 years as a licensed esthetician and think we're one in the same. We, we, we are not. 
And I love the ones that get upset. They crack me up. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, I just, she's just so intimidated. You're so intimidating. And I said, cause I've had that happen a few times. And one, she was a little bit older. She was like, you're just, you're not encouraging us. I said, I'm giving you a reality check. I'm not here to convince you to go and pay all this money to come to a school. I'm not a school. I'm an educator, very realistic. You want to go out and open a business and nobody knows who you are and you've had six months of training. I'm not sure any profession where someone who just got fresh out of school and they open their own business is going to get a lot of business because there's not a lot of experience behind it, right? You wouldn't go to a brand new doctor or dentist or a nurse just out of school, right? You would want them to get some time under the boat, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So you don't want to get any time under your belt. You don't want to learn how to be an esthetician. See if you like it because you may not like it. This is a controlled environment. Your school's controlled. A business is not. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I want to go and I want to open my own room. Sure. And how are you going to get clients in there? Well, I'm going to tell my family and friends, okay, what if they don't show up? Oh, this is a lot of pressure. I thought we were coming to learn. You are learning. If you can't get people in the door, no one's going to patronize the business. That's why I like to suggest for you to go actually see how to be an esthetician, get some on the job training. You can't learn how to be quick and efficient and upsell when you're not busy. That's why you got to go to a spa that's busy. So you can get that experience. Do you understand what it's like to build relationships with clients? And I love it because they always come back months later and they'll say, oh, you were right. I know. I had to give up that room. Nobody came. I know. I went and got a job. You're right. I'm I'm learning what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. That should be mandatory for everybody. Estheticians out of school should go work for somebody for a year at least. See if you like it. See if you like talking to people. Because that's what you're doing. You're building relationships. You're you're talking to them. And it's just eye-opening that our industry has changed so much that the norm is to go get a treatment room instead of actually going to get a job to see if you like being an esthetician. And I think that's sometimes why it's so skewed when estheticians are so, I gotta, you know, they'll come into our business and they'll be like, oh, you know, I went to work for, you know, European waxing or, or waxing in the city and all this stuff. And, you know, I want to do exactly what they do. And I'm like, that model is not the solo model. They're a multi-million dollar corporation. They have the funds to provide what they need to get the service done. You don't. So you got to get your cost per service. You got to an- analyze what you're using. You got to understand your post, your prep, your retail. You got to start looking at dollars and cents, honey. And they'll be like, okay, no, let me set it up and I'll do what I'm, you know, what I'm used to doing. And then I'll come back later and we'll talk about soft wax. Nine times out of 10, it's about three, four months later. And then we have the conversation. 
And everyone has their own path. And then when you niche, that's even a very smaller path, right? But finding your niche is such an organic experience. And it's such a unique experience that it's hard to explain to people until you're in your niche. And I was never one to follow. I did not want to wax. So sometimes I even laugh at myself all these years later. I was, ooh, honey, in school, you can get... I was the test dummy. That's why I did not want to wax. And we were using that old honey wax. You already know. And that Yelena, Miss Yelena was the teacher. Tore my little stuff up. Snatched all my little hairs. All my hairs. I've never been waxed before. Hell, I ain't even never shaved. I didn't, why would I shave for what? Woo. That was like, oh, no, I can't do this. This will never happen again. And I will never do this to anybody. And look at me later. Teaching other people how to do it. So, you know, our journeys to how we find our niche and what we do in that niche is so super individual and so super unique to your own story that we have to allow it to do what it's going to do and not control it. And I'm speaking from experience. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Don't forget to check out our show notes. If you're interested in anything we have going on in our esthetician business community, we'd love for you to join us. Lots of masterclasses in there. All of my seven minute Brazilian trainings, all of my troubleshooting trainings, all in that space. We're encouraging each other every single week. We have monthly coaching and you can actually see all the other coaching videos that were in there for other folks as well.